0: Hey, 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 this is your girl, Shannon, your host for the evening on Speaking from Experience. Um, I hope you enjoyed your week. Uh, We've been having some great weather. I just needed to rain one time, just a little downpour with a little thunder and a little lightning. Mm. Yes, your girl sleeps good like that. (laughs) But anyway, um, hopefully you read the letter in the window seat. Uh, hopefully it puts brings more light to the situation or whatever and you know I hope you enjoyed it uh this week I'm gonna talk about the aftermath of that and what I I went through mentally down here by myself in St Louis um so yeah I sent that letter and I was on my way I was already on my way took the train down to St Louis. I already spoke it over with my husband. He was okay with it. He thought it was a good idea, cause I told him, "Let me let let me let let me miss you a little bit," you know. In inevitably, inevitably, I think I'm saying that right. Um, I was already gonna miss the children, but I needed. I was I was trying to prove two points here. I needed him to realize how I was feeling. And I needed him to realize that I wasn't playing any games with him at this point. Two, I wanted my girls to see. There's three points. Two, I wanted my girls to see that shouldn't no man treat you any kind of way. And then you settle for that. If he's going to keep doing it, keep doing it. Okay, give him another chance and, and show him this time. Since talking doesn't really do anything. I wanted my girls to know that I don't stay with nothing when he not treating you right and I think we all as women need to realize that and and we as women as well we're made to be nurturing to be caring to be loving to be uh protectors of our children of our home in our way you know um And I think a lot of men think that, oh, I'm so macho, I'm so this, I'm so that, I'm bringing in this, that you need to follow me at all times. But that's why God gave us help meets. He didn't give us rugs to be stepped on. You know, he didn't give us um, a few extra limbs so we could switch them out when we need to. He gave us another whole person to help us out when we need to be helped two heads are better than one i always say that i got four eyes i wear glasses and contacts so i think six eyes are better than one you know or better than two but um i don't think i think we're going off of our ancestors and our grandparents and they stuck through it through thick and thin and i understand all of that don't get it twisted i understand all of that But when somebody is doing you dirty, when do you say enough is enough? Not doing it no more. Either we, we press forward and you do what you need to do, or it's time for me to let go. That's it. That's what I learned from this situation. Either we press forward together, because at the end of the day, one person trying to pray, one person trying to do everything right as they're watching their spouse do everything wrong one person trying to go to church and get spiritually healed and then come home the rest of the six days out of the week or the five days out of the week because we had midnight service too midweek service and watch the other spouse do the total opposite that's that's draining mentally emotionally spiritually and then it becomes physical Thank God I didn't get to the physical part because I was almost there. And I ended up getting to the physical part later down in line on the line. But mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, man, I was I was going through a spiritual death, I think. I was dying. You know. The third point I was trying to make is for my son. To realize that is not how you treat your significant other. We're raising a young man that only knows marriage. He don't know shacking up. He don't know girlfriend and boyfriend. He knows mommy and daddy are married. And they getting their things together. And uh, uh, love is in the air. That's the only thing my son knows. So then why wouldn't I want to make a child or a son to be the best husband he can be? But I couldn't do that. Having a husband of my own, that wasn't being the best that he could be. But let me take that back. He was being the best that he could be for someone else. And let me go a little deeper. He was, he was trying to find the best he could be for himself, trying to do what he needed to do for the church and which is all understandable. Don't get it twisted. I don't want to knock anybody's view of the church. Any church. But ours specifically. They tell us things for a reason. They give us. Uh, uh, um, stepping stones. And wow. and advice for a reason. So we, we know how to. You know. Live in this life. And raise our children correctly. In the society. And world. And in the church. So they can be spiritually fed correctly now what they don't teach us is how to overcome a marriage when one person is doing all they can and they're being honest faithful and true then the other person is not being honest faithful and true but playing a facade as if they are honest faithful and true And you're watching that and listening to the pastor at the same time. Do you know how mentally confusing that can be? Anyway, I'll dive deeper into that later. But, um, yeah, so I wrote that letter. Emailed it to him. I was already on the train. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know when he got that letter. But that was in july the middle of july and so for those couple weeks i was just kind of kicking it i was kicking it with my family i have a best friend named shannon we went out to eat we caught up on things like i realized how much i missed her i realized how much she missed me you know how Um, I really believe that when I got married, she thought that was the end of our relationship or whatever. And it wasn't, but what I was taught was, okay, marriage is uh, a, a forever lasting thing. So there might be some things I can't do anymore. And that was a, that was hard trying to hang out with Shannon and being married at the same time, especially being in two different States, you know? So we kind of hashed some stuff out over dinner and stuff like that. That was, that was another, uh, great part of being down in St. Louis because I was just closing doors and opening new ones that led to greater paths, if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, I was, I came down here with a good 2,500. That's just how much hair I did. I didn't ask him for anything. I didn't want this journey, my journey, to cost him anything. If I was going to do it, I wanted to do it myself, I paid my tithes on it. You know, I did what I needed to do as far as money-wise. And then after that, I kind of splurged on myself. I hadn't done that in eight years. Just splurged on myself. Just had a break. I really just wanted a break, you know. I wanted him to feel what I felt on a regular basis, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of home and trying to take care of myself, you know, and I want to let everyone know for a, for some advice, make some time for yourself because you cannot feel pictures from your empty picture. Nothing from nothing equals nothing, you know? So if you're drained, everybody else in the house cranky and drained and hungry and dirty, you know, ain't nobody thinking about you. They just thinking about themselves, which that's what kids are supposed to do. You know, kids are supposed to be carefree and unknowing of the circumstances that mommy and daddy go through on a regular basis. But then you would think that your spouse would take up that slack and be like you know what bae i know you're not having a good day but i'm i'm gonna do the dishes for you today i'm gonna clean the house for you today i'm gonna take a day off, day off of work and i'm, I'm gonna help you out around the house can do you think that'll help you you know I, I i don't know i think some things were common sense but like i was taught in church common sense isn't so common anymore you know um, and then too, I can't blame him for everything because if you don't have a home with good examples growing up, then how are you supposed to, um, grow up a little bit differently? And then with his circumstances, talking about my ex-husband, he had the beauty. I thought it was so beautiful. That sometimes when his mother could not do, or his father could not do, the block helped him. And if you only knew, the block has so many married people that I admire that has been going through it for almost 50 years. Get it. Get It, it can be done. Don't get it twisted. I believe in love and I love love. So I know that it was in him. He just didn't want to do the work. He thought, you know, if I do some, you know, nobody's going to realize that. She never going to tell nobody that I'm out here doing my thing. And then, you know, I'm going to do my thing for a couple decades and and we'll get it together. Shoot. I, I got somebody on lock. I got somebody in the streets and I'm doing my thing. You know, got a good job, got some kids doing my thing, you know. I'm just guessing his mentality, and his he he said a couple of those things, like I said, the dude is not a liar when it comes to what he did to me. You just gotta ask the right questions anyway, so I get down to St. Louis, like I said, doing my thing, uh, I felt like I was becoming a burden towards my family because now they're wondering why I'm here so much. They didn't even know what was going on. So now questions are becoming, you know, why you know why why the kids not with you? Oh, you know, don't, don't worry about it. They with their dad. You know, that's what I would say. Oh, girl, you here another week? Why the kids not with you? Ah, uh, you know, they with their dad, you know. Till eventually I told them a little bit, snippet of what was going on. Um. A little summary. And this is how much my ex-husband was so in there with my parents and my family that they were looking at me like, I know he ain't doing that. No, nah, that ain't him. You know. And I didn't want to paint this picture as, you know, he was a bad guy or blase blase and this isn't that. But I was just telling my truth. And that's why I'm down here and I'm I'm getting myself together, blase blase. We supposed them all move down here so you'll get to see the kids more. This, 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 and that. In communications with him, he was still looking for a house, he was still looking for a job. We already had the suburban. I wanted another car for myself since I was gonna be working, so that was my goal to get a to get the job and get to get the car, and we was both gonna agree on a house. Or whatever. Okay. So couple weeks go past it's August 1st August 2nd around that time and I got me a hotel room because I felt like I was kind of overstaying my welcome and my sister's house houses so I got me a hotel room and I just turned my phone off and I kicked it by myself I got emos if y'all don't know what emos is that is the best pizza in st. Louis hands down Um, so i get emos, and i'm sitting there and you know i had a beautiful view of the pool and the water and stuff like that you know i'm just trying to commune with myself and commune with god and stuff like that and i was just chilling you know i had the money for it so i was just gonna i was gonna splurge on myself you know Boom, last day of the hotel stay. I only stayed for like uh. two days. So last day of the hotel stay, and I'm watching channel five. Remember like it was yesterday. And KSDK, which is channel five, comes on on the news and says FedEx is hiring. New St. Peter's location. And I'm playing going KSDK and I and I put in the application for the job. And the next day they called and was like, you got the job, you're hired, your first day is on the 7th, that's orientation day, and pff, you in there. Didn't ask no questions, didn't do a background, I mean, they did. I think they did do a background check, but no drug test, no nothing, I just already had it. And when I did the interview, they were saying that I was so polite and stuff like that, that they had already knew deep down that I was a good person and... I was a good hire, you know? So I immediately called my husband. And I was like, oh, I got this job. He was like, okay, cool. You know, when I say there was nothing behind it, there was no, oh, well, I didn't know you were getting this job or I didn't know this was gonna happen. There, there was no blindsidedness on my part. We had already discussed about moving down here. So I was like, cool. They gave me enough time to um, kind of, Spy treat myself whatever that consisted of mainly it was food and then i started work on the 7th of august okay boom i go to work for like a week or two and it was it was good it was um very weighing on the body because i did a lot of lifting and stuff like that lost a lot of weight because of that. And um, I come outside one day, it was about two weeks into work, and my husband is in the parking lot. I see this big giant suburban. I hear kids screaming, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I see him and he was like, hey, babe, how you doing? And I'm looking like, what? Which I didn't mind, but it just threw me because he never said he was coming down, you know? So I get in the truck and we go super far and I'm like, where are we going? You know, now I think my life on the line because now I didn't supposedly left his behind. You know what I'm saying? He finna go, um, you know, do something to me in Metropolis or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But no. Nah. So he was like, "Well, I found this job. Um, I couldn't remember where it was, but it was a post office job, and they were paying him a nice little chunk of money because of his seniority at the railroad. And so it was a little hick town or whatever. So we go there. Unfortunately, he couldn't get the job only because of the way the truck was set up. Um, he needed something that was that was taken out of the middle. Almost like one of those old school trucks that only had like one seat and everybody could sit in the front, in the middle, the driver and the passenger and stuff. So, it was one of those trucks or whatnot. And, uh, he needed one of those because he needed to drive on the right side but pedal with his left foot you know interesting it was a small town wasn't with a regular postal service or whatever so it didn't work out for that but he did find another job with this railroad Not air quote that because <laughs> come to find out it really wasn't even a railroad it was a metal scrapping company but he told me little naive me thinking that he was getting everything together and stuff that it was a railroad company. They were going to start him off at $40 because of his seniority. He was going to be bumped up maybe a month later into his job to another raise because of his seniority and be made a manager. This is what he told me, my mother and my father in their living room. Okay. So we were all excited or whatever. Cool. Cause mind you, I'm still working. I've been working for a good two weeks now or whatever and so I get a phone call from our bishop he was like you still in St. Louis I was like yes sir he was like I wish you would have told me before you left because I need to talk to you all again I was like sure sure that's fine you know I didn't think anything of it you know and my husband he was like so what do you want to tell him I said you can tell him whatever you want to I wanted him to speak his truth if you needed to tell on me about something do that because we're not going to get moved forward if we keep lying to us and lying to the person that's supposed to help us. No, that's not, you know, that's not the way it is. So he was like, okay, cool, or whatever. I said, but I am going to tell him I got the job and that we are moving down to St. Louis. Yeah, 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 that's the plan, that's the plan. You know, everybody know how he is. So, um, we, I I eventually... I had certain days off of work and I think they were like Sunday and Monday or whatever. So we end up going back up to Chicago and I got to see the kids they all, you know wanted to see me anyway I brought my mom with me because she was going to watch the kids as we went to this meeting. So we get in the meeting and the first thing he said was uh good afternoon brother and sister um, I printed out the letter that you wrote me sister Shannon because I wanted it it was a good letter and I wanted to refer back to it and I said yes sir that's fine so we go on and on and he kind of references a couple quotes of the letter and uh, he's kind of chuckling I guess he was trying to break the ice because he didn't know what to say about the situation. And how to come to me about it, I guess. Because I was the one really with the problem, y'all. It really wasn't him. He already had his mind made up as to what he was going to do. As far as how he was going to live his life. So, I was the one that wasn't getting it together. So, I am in this meeting. And... From Jump Street, I didn't feel ambushed, but I was ready for the questions. You know, I was ready for whatever he was going to say. I was ready for whatever Bishop was going to say. And I was ready for the answers. Only thing I wasn't ready for was change of plans. You want to know why? Because there was one Bishop prior to the Bishop we have now that said, when you come to us with a plan already executed and done or whatever, don't ask me for advice. You've already been doing it. You know, you already been doing whatever you wanted to do. And I don't think they meant it in a negative way, but I, I think they meant if you already have your mind made up, which I did, I was not staying there anymore because I did not feel, uh, uh, I didn't feel comfortable there anymore. That's what I should say. So I did not want to stay there anymore. I was destined and determined to move down to St. Louis, you know. So we're in this meeting and uh, Bishop was like, well, do you think she's still talking to the young lady? I said, I don't know. And that was my true, honest opinion because I didn't know because I was tired of being a private investigator. I was not getting paid at all to be this PI. I was not. So I did not know. But I know the for the fact that he'll admit to you that he's still talking to her. Yeah, yeah, Bishop, you know what I'm saying? Um, last time I talked to her was about four years ago. Then I stopped him on that. I said, didn't he just tell you two, one to two years ago, last week? A couple weeks ago? He didn't say anything to that. Well, Sister Shannon, do you still believe that he's talking to her? I said, Bishop, I do not know. Oh, well, okay. So he was hit another point in my um in my letter. And he really was amused by the fact that I said they had a Hancock relationship. I didn't think anything was funny because this was serious to me. This was literally how I was feeling, you know. So therefore, I didn't think anything was funny at this time. I really wanted some good advice and I wanted to move. That's all I wanted. That's all I had in my head, you know. So. He asked me a couple more times did he think I was talking to her. He asked where the young lady was now. Come to find out she moved to Colorado. I did not know that. How did you know that though? You still in communications with her? Like stuff just wasn't making sense to me. And then stuff started to come out in these conversations that was really making me uneasy. The fact that he told him and myself that he didn't know when he was going to stop talking to her. That was kind of disturbing to me. You know, I even asked him, what if I was talking to one of my exes? Would you appreciate that? Oh, Yeah, you know, y'all still friends. No, that made it okay. If he made it okay for me, that would make it okay for him. And I wasn't having it. And he knew I wasn't disrespecting him like that. So I didn't even know why he even said anything of that, ma- of that matter, you know. So <laughs> uh, he does all of that. Or whatever, and then um, he eventually tells Bishop that um, yeah, she was a high school sweetheart, but she didn't want to get come to the church. Um, she had found he had found out or went with her to a doctor's appointment and found out she could never have kids. That's a lie. Well, God could do whatever He wants to do because eventually she had a young daughter that is the same age as my son, coincidentally, that he needed to go to the hospital for that was born in September when our son was born in August. You put the math together. Anyway, um, he told Bishop that. He told Bishop that the uh, only reason why he uh, supposedly stopped talking to her was because I was going to take the kids away from him when I had my first two, and I was. But my thing was, I guess, was I was not his choice. And that's hard being with somebody that, you know, you're not his, their first choice in the first place. And that's what I was trying to um, convey to our Bishop that he's, I'm not his first choice. So just let me go, you know? And he kept saying that he kept saying, kept asking, do you think she's still talking to her? Do you think that, do you think that sister Shannon? And then he eventually said, well, why don't you just let it go? You keep harboring it, it's going to eat you alive. And those words hit me like none other when he said that. He just kept saying, let it go, let it go. And I want to let everyone know that maybe his let it go and my let it go was a lot different than what he expected my let it go be. Now we got another bishop. He has said on multiplication, multiple occasions, that sometimes we hold on to things that we need to just let go. And if we treated some of our problems like a little balloon that we're holding on to that got all this helium, sometimes we just need to let that balloon go. And he demonstrated it by playing like he was holding a balloon and opening his hand up. And when I say he did that in the pulpit one day and I visualize that, it was a red balloon, almost like something off of uh, It. It was a red balloon and I can envision it in the pulpit, just letting go, just, just going up in the air and we ain't even see it no more. Even though there was a ceiling, I could just, I could picture that you know, and it was weird to see and to envision, and every time he kept saying, let it go, I just, I heard, I saw that vision of that balloon, or whatever, and so, um, I I just, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm gonna let it go, I'm gonna let it go, so I'm looking at my husband at the time, and I and I'm waiting on him to say, okay, we about to make this move to St. Louis. Blase, blase. We'll see you later. Uh, she already got a job. I already have a job, but I turned that down. I'm going to go look for something else or oh, whatever. Oh, and then two, when he came down, we looked at a house that he had saw on Craigslist that I told him not to go on Craigslist to did Cause all those, I just don't trust Craigslist. That's all I want to say about that. Um, and that's my just personal opinion. Um, but when it comes to housing, no, I don't trust Craigslist. trust Craigslist. But anyway, so we're in this meeting and it does come up. And he was like, okay, well, um, you guys didn't have any counseling when you first got married, huh? And I, no, we did not because we weren't married in the church. But we did have a little counseling with the uh, pastor that married us or whatever. And so uh, he was like, okay we have a little different counseling here and maybe we can have counseling and blah, 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 blah like that. And kind of poo-pooed it off to me. And so, um, so my husband did, looks over at me and he was like, yeah, I wanted to ask you something. Is it okay if we move down to St. Louis? And our bishop looked at both of us. Then he put his head down and he said, um, I don't think that's a good idea. And I burst into tears. I don't know what came over me, but the only thing I heard was no, and I kinda blacked out on everything else. I did hear him say that my family was too strong for us to move down there with them. And at that time, I didn't wanna hear that because I'm like, what you mean by too strong? Don't you want people that's strong around us? You know, my family has been in the church all their life. My mother was converted at the age of 18, 19 years old, you know, and, and I just thought, since my mother is a daycare provider, she could take care, watch the kids for us. And we had it made, you know, only thing we had to do at this point was, um, give me a car and find a house. You know, I'd already found the job, but he didn't even tell Bishop that. See, what I want to let everybody know is when you when you try to manipulate somebody and use somebody, which I feel like my husband was using the bishop at the time. When you try to manipulate and try to get around things or whatever by telling your side of the story or what sounds good, it doesn't make since in the long run now what he should have done was said bishop we had decided that we were going to move to st louis she already has a job down there that's why she stayed down there i'm going down there with the children so we can all be together you know that's how i would have worded it but once you leave out important details you start to that person that you're talking to starts to fill in their own little scenarios or their own blanks or whatever and I feel like that's what he did. He used that and twisted it around. And so I'm boohooing. Nobody ever said, what's the problem, Sister Shannon? Nobody ever said, he didn't even, he didn't even give up, get up and give me a hug or nothing and say it's gonna be okay. Let's listen to the bishop. Blase blase. No reassurance, no nothing. Bishop didn't even say, Sister Shannon, what you crying for? Only he said was, What is our takeaways? My husband says we need to communicate more. And that's that's the takeaway I got from it, Bishop. That's the takeaway I got from it. We're proper and together. And if anybody knows him, he's not that at all. He's silly, he's conniving. He's a child when it comes to talking or giving advice or anything or whatnot. And I want to make one point clear too. It was mentioned in there what would you do if your daughter was in the same predicament as your wife was in? His response was, oh, oh, that ain't none of my business. Really? That. That right there shows me a lot about a person when you don't even consider your children in a horrible, messed up situation. So therefore, you just sweep it under the rug as well and say, that's none of my business. When your daughter is out here probably getting hurt, abused mentally and and emotionally, and she's crying to you for help, and you tell her, oh, that ain't none of my business. Yeah, so that right there made me know how he felt about me that it's nobody else's business but ours, that I treat you the way I treat you, and I dare you to get your lick back. That's the only thing that ran through my head while I'm looking at these two men talk about how I should be feeling, how I should let it go, and how I should just basically be quiet and let everything play out and pray on it, and and this and that. That's how I was feeling. And a little bit of me... And a little bit of me feels like that today. I just felt like I was overlooked. That I was the woman in the room. I felt like that both the bishop and his wife needed to be there, so I can get them a little more understanding. So I'm not the only one that is that is feeling this type of way because I can get a woman's expect. Uh, I can get a woman's perspective at this point, or whatever. So. Mind you, I just kept crying. He asked me what my takeaway was, and I told him that I felt stuck. Know what he said to me? Only thing he said to me was, Oh, Sister Shannon, you're not stuck. You ain't said nothing but a word, Bishop. I'm not stuck. You right. I'm not stuck. I can leave anytime I want to. But that wasn't my intentions at that time. You know, but looking back on it, you doggone Skippy. I can leave anytime I want to. And I'm taking my kids with me. You know, after that uh, conversation, we got up. You think brother at the time, um, you think he even consoled me about anything? You heard what he said. No, 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 sir. What you're not going to do is make it seem like we didn't have a plan and we hadn't already executed the plan you know what I looked at him like was betrayal um betrayal for me for your wife you know you you just gonna do what you want to do and then have me sitting out on the back burner and make it look like that I left y'all When that wasn't the case in the first place. And then, after I get back to St. Louis to go back to work, he was still asking me about the job. How the job going? Yeah, I've been looking for jobs down there too, and looking for housing. Still doing that. Bet you he hadn't told Bishop that at all. You know. But... I don't know I just think this part I don't know what this advice of this is this part of this my life was but I I guess I was just even more confused because I felt like no I wasn't being hurt at all you know um, I asked him could we have therapy together he told me no after we had spoke to the bishop um, I asked him uh, could the kids come down here with me he said no you know so it wasn't like i left them if i left anybody it was him and i ain't leave him till a couple months later after he um, did what he did but that's for another episode how it just got worse and worse when it came to um you know trying to get our life together and i don't even look at it as a bad thing at this point because man once i tell y'all the glow up that i made you hear me on so many aspects of my life, but I still had a downward spiral to go to get to where I am now. You know, everybody wants to say, I want to pray for you. And this is, and then they only know one side of the story, man. I had to, I, I went up to where we used to live at, where I used to live at this weekend. And somebody came up to me and was like, you know, your actions and stuff like that, ma'am, you don't even know what's going on. You only going off of what you see but nobody is asking the right questions but it's okay because i'm thankful that they taught me that god is the only person that we have to please the only being that we have to please and in this trial and error of life i did make a few mistakes don't get it twisted i ain't knocking that on nobody that's my fault on some things that I did. But at the end of the day. I want. Men. To start. Holding men accountable. For their actions. For the way they do things. I kind of wish they made him a deacon. I prayed on that a lot of times. Because I felt like if you elevate somebody spiritually. um, Then they'll start to do the right things. You know, oh man, I got this, I got this job now. I have to do the right thing. And when they didn't elevate him, he got worse and worse. I guess he was like, shoot, I'm getting away with it this long. I'm finna I'm finna do my thing. You know. But this part of my life, I either had to stay with it or I had to make a change on my own. And I just want to let everybody know to go with your gut, to go with your instincts. I want you to work on whatever you have to work on with your spouse, with your best friend, with your mother, with your father, with your sisters, your brothers, your aunties, your cousins, anybody. Work on it first. But don't be sitting there working on it alone. And they giving you signs that they they, they not going to do it. They are not going to help you work on it. You know, they are not going to hold you accountable. They're not going to put their arms around you and say, we're going to work on this together. If they're not doing that, then you need to bounce. You got people to take care of. You got your own self to take care of. I don't care how long it takes, but God will put somebody in your life to show you that one, there is a guy and he's listening. And then two, That you are worth more than what you're you're going through. And like I said in the previous episode. God will not give you anything that you cannot handle. And it looks rough and it looks bleak. And it looks like a long dark road in front of you. But I need you to take a deep breath and keep walking. Because the key word is through. You're going to get through it. You're going to praise God for the days that... You had to go through the bad ones to get to these good ones. Because the only thing he wants you to do with them in the long run is thank him for what he does for you. That's the only thing I want to say to y'all. I just want y'all to To stick with him and never question him. Cause I I I, I was almost to a point, to a low point, to say, why me? Why am I going through this? You know, when when all my life I had been doing the right things and and all my life I, t- I did one course correction I made sure that I did everything perfectly right for the last eight nine, ten years I made sure that you know I didn't feel like I was worthy of the badge but the previous the honest faithful and true badge by the way, the previous Bishop said I was allowed to get one. And when I say I wore that proudly until I lost all three of them, I don't know how I did that, you know, I think one of the kids might have knocked them off, but um, I was doing what I needed to do when it came to that, you know, and um, I don't know. I just want to let everybody know never to give up, never say, this is the end, so I don't know what to do after that. It may feel like that, and I tell you, when I tell you about these next episodes, you're going to be like, man, really? But I, I want to say I never gave up, and I never questioned him. You know, I wonder why sometimes. You know, but like they always teach us, God sees all. God knows all. And you can try to play The past is all you want to like a fiddle. But at the end of the day, the person playing the fiddle or the being that playing the fiddle is God. And he knows it all. He already knows what's about to happen. It's just the anticipation for us that gets us caught up, you know. And I got caught up to trying to figure things out. You know, I got to a low, 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 low point. Sometimes didn't know what to do next, but that prayer was sent up From so many people You know and um, I think that thank God for that in itself And I'll never take him for granted or Never switch up myself To please others and to make it look like you know I don't know. I'll never switch up and, and be somebody I'm not to put others down. I don't care who you are. You know, I'm always be nice and horrible to you. That, that, I don't care who you are. But um, I just feel like we go through things for a reason. I haven't figured out the reason yet. But best believe um, everything's going to turn out to be okay in anybody's situation. You just got to trust in in God and go off of what you know. Because anything that we're taught, it's already rooted and grounded in us. And uh, maybe I'm here to just to be an example. I don't know. But uh, I hope everybody has a good week. And I hope and pray that uh, something was said to... Stir up your pure minds and to get y'all to your next point and let y'all know that everything's gonna be okay. If you need to talk to people, talk to people. There are therapists out here. Have a good friend that you trust. And and allow them to help you out when you need it. And I'm just now learning that for the last couple months, you know. I'm so used to helping everybody else. You know, I didn't even know that I needed my help myself. You know. But, yeah. I just uh, came on here to give you all that little segment. And, hopefully you guys tune in next week for the next part. Um, thank you for tuning in, by the way. And, um... Thank you for tuning in. And, I hope you will, uh... Tune in next week for the next segment. Have a blessed day.